0: You're listening to the and Since Last Saturday podcast. This is episode 61. And if you're noticing a bit of a different opening than you're used to, well, you're right. You see, George is on a bye this week, and with no imminent game to discuss, my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller, and myself, we got together at a local Athens establishment instead of our studio to record our show over lunch. Lucky for us, Tim Kelly, the owner of The Rook and Pawn, which is a board game cafe located on West Washington Street, in downtown Athens, was gracious enough to host us. So a few hours ago, Will, Tony, and I huddled towards the back of his restaurant or cafe or bar or game place, whatever you want to call it, with just an old iPhone and a microphone to discuss everything that has happened during the first half of George's 4-3 and three season and offer up some kind of hope looking forward to the Florida game next week and beyond. But first, you'll hear us getting settled in as we jump into the Georgia basketball team's 2016-17 season, and Tim will also provide a quick overview of why the Rook and Pawn might just be one of the most fun places to grab a bite to eat, or a beer, or a game here in Athens. So, let's get started.
1: This, oh, is right here? this is, is right oh, here. We're going low tech, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tim Kelly. He is, the, he is the owner of The Rook and Pond. We're trying to give much pro- a nice promotion to The Rook and Pond. Yeah. My son's going to have his birthday party here, exactly. I think. So we are right. doing a full... Don't you, you guys can't come to that
2: because you're... <laughs> it's not an invite.
1: You'll, all, you'll eat all the food. Uh, but yeah, so we're at The Rook and Pond doing our annual off-week lunchtime podcast. That's right. So, Andy Tim, is, thanks for
2: having
3: us. No, we have a pleasure. I'm, um, I'm happy to. So, we have to get you guys playing some uh, Stratomatic uh, football, maybe prep- it's the appropriate season.
2: <laughs> I think I'm the only one old enough to actually have played that in its original form.
0: You probably are. Yeah, you're you kind of le- the lead dog in the age group. <laughs> the
2: original football. <laughs> and
1: the baseball <laughs> we've all played. I don't think I ever played the football in. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Fo- football seems really complicated. Yeah. It is, <laughs>
2: it's like- it's, it's, it is complicated for an yeah. eight year old, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so, while we're here with Tim, you want to give Rook and Pawn a plug? Yeah, uh, sure. You know, Kind absolutely. of tell people what it's about because like I said it's my first time in here oh great yeah and I, my kids keep saying can we go to the Rook and Pong and he keeps saying no. <laughs> no No, now <laughs> no, I'm going horrible no. things about that establishment
3: <laughs> how long y'all been around so we opened up uh, June of 2015 uh, we're a board game cafe in downtown Athens right across from the 40 watt uh, so we have full you know menu full bar cocktails coffee tea and then we have 700 tabletop and card games for everyone to play so uh, yeah, it's a great place for kids, a great place for like students, a great place for you know date nights, all that kind of stuff. And it's really just for everybody. You know, it's not just for gamers, or not just for you know kids, or not just a bar. It's not just a restaurant. So.
0: And I like this long hallway with the. I guess maybe this is Halloween theme right now. Is it always orange no, lights? No, that's just
3: for Halloween, nice right? Tough. Yeah, we'll switch it over to Christmas lights uh, in the future, and then uh, and then during the year, it's mostly just white lights for you know sort of like starlight, you know. But nice. we're literally underneath creature comforts. We can hear them moving their barrels around and occasionally spilling beer down on top of us but uh, <laughs> that's, but that's very Well rare. I have
1: had I have had uh, cocktails here, here dinner here and then like lunch with my kid playing Connect 4. Uh, so it is a, a full-service place. It is fancy cocktails. I've actually been to a fancy cocktail competition,
2: yeah, uh, right.
1: which, you, which uh, Rook and Pond was a fierce competitor. I don't know who won. The last hour is all kind of a blacked out for me. It's a cocktail <laughs> competition. But this is, I said, this is a place where like, we are both having my kids' birthday party, and I have gone to dinner and had drinks with friends and my wife here. So I am very pro-Rook and Pond. Great. Great. Yeah. Thanks for coming in.
2: Pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Tim. Of course. Yeah,
1: absolutely. All, and also, uh, can you fix the special teams, Tim? <laughs> what kind of cafe is this if you cannot fix the special teams? <laughs> More
3: importantly. Yeah, Dice won't do that, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> can you
2: cover a long kickoff?
3: <laughs> yes. Ask the staff. We'll see what we Before you run, yeah. what are the top three games that are in circulation usually? Uh, yeah, it's usually like the classic still kill, you know, like life. Monopoly, that kind of thing. Catan is really popular. Settlers of Catan, if you know that that one. A lot of football fans might know that. That was yeah. uh, got really famous a couple of years ago when the Green Bay Packers all became obsessed with it, hmm. and a big story came out about them that they would play it's like it all the day long. Line. Line, yeah, the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, all got in on, on Catan. So. Uh, Risk gets pulled off the shelf almost every day and never played. <laughs> yes. Yeah, My, uh, but
1: that is that is part of the job of Risk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: So yeah, just like in your basement, right? <laughs> it does the exact same thing here. We still find little infantrymen all over the ground every every night. So, uh, but yeah, classes are still the most popular. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, well, thanks for having yeah. us. Thanks, Hey, so guys, I'm i made. It. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry I've uh, I've missed we, the last few we I've I've been doing my that oh. silly show every uh, every Saturday, every Wednesday. Goodell
2: pushing this content on us. Yeah. Yes.
1: Exactly. Hey, this year it's funny. Like this big NFL show. It's you know they supposed. They think it's all going to be the big money maker, and ratings are down for the NFL this year. it's yes. been like down pretty much across the board. This is I think there's a few reasons for that, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens once this election gets over with, and America can. Have its life back. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> well, to having to watch the Bears and their third string quarterback like last night oh, against uh, the resurgent Aaron Rodgers, but they had been coming off a shellacking of the Cowboys from Sunday. And it's just, it, it, <clears throat> it seems to me that those Thursday night games, not only They're the terrible. preparation, but. Yeah. The matchups, I mean, they're just not that great. Well, it's the like product, they're
1: so tired. They're so tired. Right. Like it's too short of a time. And even you know, the Monday night game last week, the Arizona Jets game, there's like there was like thirty penalties. It was just like this ragged. The product is not particularly at a high level right now, and I think people are actually
0: noticing. It's it. almost like watching your team get two penalties before even the first offensive play is run. Well, it's not that bad.
1: That's called a segue in the business. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So, so it's off week.
0: How, how are you guys? How are you guys feeling? I'm on? glad it's an off week. <laughs> I think we all need. I think a break. Kirby's probably glad it's think, an off week. We all need a break. He can go recruit some big four and five stars, hopefully.
2: Um. So, but it does bring up a good point. You know, we we did this last year, uh, the midpoint of the season, or generally the midpoint of the season. We're doing it again this year. So we have a lot to talk about. A couple couple things. I think we kind of like look, look backwards a little bit, but also look forwards. And we wanted to talk hoops a little bit, you know, yeah. the dogs, my
1: tickets arrived today. Awesome. My tickets arrived. I got my third you seat, did third seat. Go so, um, so I, I, so that's going to work out well for you guys as well. Yeah, we,
0: we appreciate you getting that third seat. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and so, yeah, so I've got the third seat. The tickets have arrived. There's some g- g- good games and schedules here. We'll get into this a little bit. Kentucky's yeah. on the schedule this year. There's Some good ones. But uh, mostly, I went to the open practice. We'll just get this out of the way so we don't get bogged down with this later. Sounds lately. good. I good. went to the open practice uh, that they had for the basketball enhancement fund uh, people that I'm a, uh, a member of, and I brought the boys. And you know, it was you know, it was it's fun. They've got you know, segment looks a little different. They've got that new kind of display up <laughs> over uh, the scoreboard, which looks kind of neat. But it's funny, like you know, these to me the big thing with the basketball team this year just to watch them in the open practice like J.J. Frazier's now the star yeah. of the team like him and Yante Maiden are yeah. basically
2: like first, first, uh, J.J. was uh, voted first team first by the team media and, and Yonte second team second team all,
1: all the SEC and you know I still feel like a lot of this you know even mm-hmm. watching practice the guy that you really want to see step up is Turtle Jackson like the same guy we like he was kind of a disappointment last year but he would show these flashes where you thought okay this is like he's an Athens kid obviously he's always going to have that extra kind of love but this is a top one of their top prospects they've got good prospects coming in this year uh, I, I think that but it was fu- it was funny for me to see like Brandon Young like the little 5'10 senior guy yeah. like he was like he's getting too many reps right now Turtle Jackson needs to take that over and take that take that kind of <coughs> next stop but like there's there's good guys there this is a borderline tournament team uh, which is basically what they've been The last couple of years.
2: Yeah, and I think actually, I mean, the media picked them fourth in the conference. I think that CC will get four or five teams. So they finish there, they'll get in. Here's the thing I think you bring up Charles Jackson's interesting. Uh, the the key we have two two keys. The first off is how well Edwards can compliment Yante right. down low, uh, and that's probably to me bigger than Turtle Jackson. I mean, if you get Turtle Jackson coming in and he become a little more of a pure uh, a pure shooting guard or 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 a pure point or a pure point, that way you can take can you'll have two ball handlers out front. Um, that actually helps Mark Fox's offense run a little more smoothly because you know we. His, his offenses have a tendency to get stagnant and, and bogged down just because it, it does not require... It's a motion offense
1: if they don't, if they don't move. Anymore. Right.
2: They require somebody that can handle it. They require people, at least two people, who can distribute the ball because you, you essentially end up with, if, if you don't, you end up with a big guy in the center trying to distribute the ball. And that bad stuff happens when that happens unless you have Dwight Howard. So, you know, that's not going to happen.
0: Well, I have a question. I'm a casual basketball mm-hmm. fan observer. Fan. Georgia. Fan. NBA. College. Though it's NBA. worth
2: noting, I feel I feel obliged to point
1: out that we're talking about them being picked fourth or fifth in the SEC. Football team's not fourth or fifth in the SEC. No. Let's just, just make that very clear right now. Hey no, that's, that's a good point.
0: So, so my question, just coming from a casual fan perspective, and I, I love Georgia, but, uh, you know, it's just – in my dna to be casually interested yeah, right. uh, having said that it seems to me over the past two or three years uh with the fox coach team you know he has a very ambitious out of conference schedule and it seems that they always start out a little bit slow losing a couple they shouldn't uh losing a couple that maybe would have kept them out of the ter- maybe caused them to stay out of the tournament yeah. last year and it, it, a little bit of it seems to be with their free throw shooting and just kind of down to the basics, uh, how do you think that maybe he addresses that this year? Uh, is it because, uh, I guess, Yonte Maiton's more of a hes a junior, so it's more of an experienced team from the leadership standpoint with J.J. Frazier and Yonte Maiton How does he address that slow, sluggish start and not lose to teams like UNC Asheville, Furman, or... Was a really bad one. What was Chattanooga?
1: Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was terrible. So Chattanooga turned out to be not so
0: bad. I know, but it's still it's yeah. Chattanooga.
1: I know. I watched Chattanooga beat ah. Illinois and Georgia in the first two so games much. last year, so I saw a lot of Chattanooga. I think part of that too is they were a more of a perimeter based team the last couple of years, and they are now more like like we talk about JJ Frazier, and you know he gets we've seen him get hot and have these great games. This team's built around Yantei Maiden, like that is. Really, they're going to try to build from the ins, from the inside out, yeah. and 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 guys like that. To me, Maiden is an incredibly exciting player. Like I always joke that. The I always they, he they got he's from Michigan and they got him from Michigan they kind of recruited him away from Michigan State. He just reeks of a Michigan State player. Like you just watch him and he's just yeah. exactly the type of guy Dream on Green. Yeah, like Michigan State just like mint he's not as much of a jerk as Dream on he. Green. But like they mint guys like that. So for Georgia to have one is really impressive and I think they're gonna build around him more and more. And you, when you have perimeter guys, one of the reasons they lost the Chattanooga New Games is Kitty Gaines had a bad game, one game, and and, was, right. and, and, and you know you're going to see theoretically anyway. You should see more consistency from the big guys than you will see from when you're counting just on the perimeter guys. But to me, Frazier's a guy. They'll score 35 one game, and then in the past they'll score 35 and then they'll kind of disappear the next game. Yeah. Now he needs to be that consistent guy for them. But I think you know I don't think the SEC is that strong this year. I mean, Kentucky is obviously Kentucky, and there's people. Sort of, I think the SEC is going to keep getting tougher and tougher in the years because they've invested in really good coaches. But I think this is still kind of a transition year for them, so I think they can get in. Also, in the in the great Mark Fox weight watch, I always look for this every year. Mark Fox is now skinny. He's back to skinny. Mark Fox again. Okay. He's back to skinny. So I'm hoping he's retailed his suits because yes. sometimes
2: he, he he fluctuates a little bit. He's definitely in shape. Mark Fox this year. I've commonly commented on Georgia's early season. Uh, foils, especially the free throw line. And I think Will's right. The inside-out game should be much better, which opens up things. We're not relying on, on gains and, and hoping we'll score enough points to supplement that. But we do have a very interesting uh, schedule. Our, our first – Thanksgiving week is going to be fascinating. Right. Well, our first count, game that counts is at Clemson, Little John. Yeah. And then, uh, then we uh, play – That's the opening of that's the, opening. That's we'll, the opening. That's the opening of the new Little, the, Little yeah, John. Yeah, Little John. So we, we have UNC Asheville, Furman, um G W here, and then we play the winner of the Arkansas U A B game. That game is out in Kansas City, right mm-hmm. for the CBA. Or is what? it Arkansas or is it U A B at Kansas? Kansas, yeah, yeah. it's Kansas. Yeah. So, I mean, we could, and then we have Marquette uh, and Tech. So, we legitimately could have and Tech should be better. I, you know, it remains to see about Josh Josh Passner. Um, as George Tech coach, but they should be better. That's um,
1: at just Tech. Add,
2: that's at uh, George Tech. So Not you know,
1: the first game of the year this year, by the way. Usually that's
0: like toward the beginning
1: this right. year. This it's is, like right
2: before Christmas. Yeah, that, that's
0: the traditional spot, kind of towards <clears throat> Christmas back when I was growing up. You're right, it's right. the 20th. To then. But
2: then we go on the road to Oakland. We go to Michigan to play yeah. Oakland, which is not They're the team. They, oh, yeah. It's not the team. They, they lost the guy that was the whatever, everything last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but then we open up on the 29th against Auburn. So, also a
1: fun uh, home non-conference game in the middle of the season. They play Texas in the Big 12. SEC they yeah. actually host Texas, which will be kind of a fun little game.
2: So my point is is that there are a lot of games here that Georgia can pick up a, a signature win that Mark Fox has really looked for um, to, to kind of get us over the the, the tournament hump. As it is, as it is. So exciting stuff for basketball.
1: And they get Kentucky at home this year. They did not get them home last year. They get Kentucky at home this year, which is very exciting.
0: I think I remember last year when you were analyzing the non-conference or the pre-SEC schedule and you were saying they need to go
1: 10-4, yeah. and 8-4, and, four, eight
0: and four, whatever it yeah. was. And they didn't. And right. So what is, your, what is your number this year? I
1: think that they can get out of the non-conference with two losses, which I think it's very possible. Uh, they will be in very good shape. Not counting that Texas game, by the way.
3: Right. Yeah. Not counting that Texas
1: yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like going into the SEC. Three, two, yeah. three, three, lo- three losses you can handle. More than three
2: is a problem. Well, it depends on who the three are, right? Yeah, yeah I but mean, the- you absolutely can lose to Clemson and, and AC- Kansas. I'm yeah, yeah an yeah. ACC, ACC top tier Clemson yeah. uh, or Tech. Right.
1: Kansas. That's going to be particularly tough because they are opening a new stadium on yes. the first day. That's a particularly yes. difficult game. Cause they're not opening it. They played in. Uh, in Greenville last year. Yeah. They did play in yeah. Greenville last year uh, because they were re- redoing Little I And mean, It's off. not
0: going to be like when the Falcons went down to uh, the Superdome and Well, they opened, didn't have a reopened. hurricane <laughs> and <laughs> right, a city right, right. died. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is more of a donor uh, yeah. related activity <laughs> days, rather than so. a weather one.
1: But yeah, so I, I would say three. Three is the number that you probably looking three at. If they do things. better than three, you're really excited. Yeah. And if they do worse than three, you're concerned. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So it's All also week, they, if you want to know what the bye what the week has been like, uh, we uh, have been talking about basketball for 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> have put that's, off. That's how rough that Vanderbilt loss
2: was. We have put off having the conversation. Also, our food is here. So, right. yeah, man. Thank You're you very much. Um, sure. that's okay. okay, awesome. All right, so Tony, I guess we have to talk about football. Okay, I guess we have okay,
0: to. So, so we're going to be um, chewing in between answers. So if you hear, that's uh, why it's a lunch uh, mush mushmouth. Then that's the reason. By the way, what did everybody uh, get, and how happy are you with your food?
2: I got the Cuban with the, the house seasonal salad, which is like spinach and uh, local radishes and house-made uh, buttermilk, ranch, and house-made croutons. And it's excellent. Grilled cheese and bacon with chips. And and yes, I am bacon. eating salad, so people know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah and, and I, I followed Will's lead since I'd never been here, and I went with the grilled cheese and bacon. I've had a couple bites, and it is uh, spectacular it's so, excellent, so
2: far. It's excellent, it's
1: excellent. Grilled cheese and bacon is your go-to, right? Oh, yeah. I, see. That's like, I, mean, I go to a diner in
0: New York. Is that a Midwest
1: thing? It's more of a New York thing, actually. Grilled mm-hmm. cheese bacon. So. It's, it's it's a universal bacon with grilled yeah. cheese. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. I don't understand the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we should probably, I guess. How are you feeling, Scott? I want to ask you how you're feeling. You, you, you've gone, we, we all went through some dark times yeah, yeah. after that game, but I'm curious for you. I, I got a little nervous because you, <laughs> you you texted me mm-hmm. uh, the other day saying. Uh, Hey, so are you going to that Atlanta Falcons Arizona Cardinals game? Because I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. As I was going, and it felt like a okay, like Scott, like obviously, well, it'll be fun. We'll have a well, good you time. Divorced, but it also felt like you like like being like okay, now and you know like I'm going to go to the team that that's winning. This is not you know I don't think that's a good thing to do. I understand like cheer for the Falcons all you want, but like you know I'd still find myself as, like if they, they beat Florida in uh, in a week and a half, we're all getting really excited, right?
0: Right. And there's something to that because it's my escapism. Mm -hmm. Having been a Atlanta sports fan and a Georgia fan for all these years, I'm trying to condition my my kids as they're getting more and more interested. The older they get, like, hey guys, so far, at least speaking from my perspective of 40 years, it's going to be a lot of disappointment, more disappointment and frustration than you know really winning the big one now. Having said that, there's a lot of great moments, mm-hmm. a, a lot of uh, memorable tailgates and, and fantastic finishes and wins from all of your sports teams. But when you're trying to gauge them on championships, yeah, there's going to be a little bit a uh, little bit of disappointment left in there. And it's just something to get used to. So since the Falcons have not imp- I've never been so impressed by a loss as I was when they lost to the Seahawks on Sunday. They're better
1: than we thought, yeah. So
0: I am am all in. I've always been all in on the Falcons. And so, yeah, I'm looking to take them to a game this year at the Dome because literally ever since you started or invited us to join your fantasy football league, I cannot quell the thirst of fantasy football from my 10- and 8-year-old. Well, they're checking cause... that app ten times during a Sunday. Also, they're kicking my ass, so that's probably another reason
1: they're
2: probably <laughs> really right. enjoying it. By the way, can you stop picking me to win? Because <laughs> I am I am three and three or whatever it is, yeah. and you pick me to win every time I block. I don't think I did this week. Thank you. goodness. I, I understand that
1: too, in the condition of losing. I, but where do we stand? Like, I don't know, what do you guys think? Like, do you guys? I as think... bad as that game was, I would be more worried about. That was obviously a rough loss. And there's a lot of things that have to be concerned, but let's not ignore the fact that, like, you know, Georgia's still obviously the better team. There's still obviously more talent there. Like, it, like if they played that game ten more times, Georgia would win nine of them. That doesn't excuse that loss, but it also means that, you know, there are like I look at Illinois. Illinois is a reason to despair. There's no talent, and what talent <laughs> there is is leaving after next year. Right. Georgia, like clearly, there's talent. For me, the the thing that I find myself feeling better about is. Obviously there's concerns about some of the play calling and some of the coaching decisions, but like that, you know, again, this is a first season. This is a first season. We all kind of knew this, that we, we all hoped that it was all going to fall the right way. But to me, I would be far more concerned if we were seeing this one year from now
2: than if we're seeing it now. Right. And I think that's, that's a good point. There's nothing about that game that we didn't see against Nichols or frankly <laughs> Ole Miss, right? right. right? Uh, I don't, I'm, or maybe even Missouri. I mean, I think it still remains to be seen about Missouri. I think it was the best game Missouri's played all year. It was the best yeah. game Missouri's played all year, that's right, and, and frankly, we looked like we looked against Vanderbilt. So, the two takeaways I have is that, you know, if if we can take a loss like this and learn something from it, and you saw some quotes this week to that effect, it, it does help provide context to the coaches, because, uh, not just the coaches, but also the team, to say all is not well because clearly all is not well and I think anybody that, is, that can be objective about it is. Mm-hmm. there's no way you can say that even if you're being subjective about it the the thing I, I think you hit on the most in, in something I've said since the Nichols game is that we are a young football team with a new coaching staff a new head coach a brand new baby head coach and you know we're playing against you know Florida is in their second year Tennessee is in their fifth year mm-hmm. right and basically our you know Tennessee is what they've been building toward. They mm-hmm. the, Tennessee is what Tennessee has wanted to be. That's what they built for. Mm-hmm. Georgia is at the ground floor of that now, and they still almost beat Tennessee and probably should have beat still, Tennessee. And still, still should have probably beat Tennessee. Now, having said all of that, is that you're right? If we're doing this in year three, then it, mm-hmm. that's when we can have the kind of hyperbolic like freakout we've seen around. And I don't, I don't like losing to Vanderbilt. I hate, mm-hmm. I hate losing any game. I mean, I hate, I hate losing to. to to Alabama in SEC Championship game and probably the best game Georgia played under Mark Rick, except for maybe a couple of other like really big game that you could talk about. So the, the fact of the matter is is that we're having the kind of season that, that a lot of people thought we could have. Um, I thought we were gonna be able to, you know, because of sheer talent, get by and we still we I mean we still could go eight and four. I don't think we're going to. Um, but we can still go nine and three. We still can go nine and three, <laughs> right? I mean, but right now, you know, I think the the, the interesting is Bill Conley has us projected at between six and seven wins, mm. right? So at this point, getting bowl eligible as crazy as it sounds is really important because every rep we take, every rep the coaches take, every rep the team takes is good, and having those extra practices. And I know that's that is really is the. That really is the mantra of the, you know, the... That's the, the mantra
1: of the Illinois. That's the, we're we're that, always saying stuff like that. If we can just get in the bowl game, we'll get the extra rep for these young players. But and I wouldn't... And that certainly seems a pretty big step down for Georgia to happen, it,
2: it does, but it actually also is probably the right place to be right, right here, right now. Right? And I don't... Again, I don't want people to think I'm trying to alibi or anything... You know, Georgia ought not to lose to Vanderbilt. I agree. Yes. Georgia ought not to lose to Vanderbilt. But that we lost to Vanderbilt or beat Vanderbilt doesn't change the structural issues we saw, which are um, sports, poor special teams play, continuing poor special teams play, a lack of focus on the part of the players and coaches a little bit, and questionable coaching decision. Again, I'm not a, I'm a full-time coach, so, you know, it's hard for me to make those judgments. Yes, you are.
0: We have a game tomorrow. We do have
2: a game tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. right. Scott and I, we have the four season mm-hmm. in tomorrow against one another. But, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we can, there are times where we see plays, we're like, what are we doing? If we're still doing that nonsense. We're still projecting a play out three years from now. That's where we get concerned about whether or not Kirby Smart's really Will champ.
0: And, you know, so much was talked about for that fourth and one play that failed. That play would be – I would be totally fine with that play in the first quarter. You know, just sneak it in there, and it would probably yeah. be successful. But you don't – right? I mean, it's a revisionist. Particularly after
1: there was a timeout. Yeah, you you just, that,
0: that was just a big error. You know, what, what do you call it? Co- coaching malpractice? I've yeah. heard you say – to me, that's an example of offensive coordinator coaching malpractice calling that play it was again. It was, it was weird, but like, keep it in the playbook. Yeah. Pull it out three games I mean, from now in the second a, quarter.
1: It's not even a terrible play. That required a great play. Like that was an excellent play by the Vanderbilt defender. Like he actually came over a lot of space to do it. Yeah. It's not even inherently a terrible play. To me, the worst Nick part Chubb's
0: still looking for someone
1: to block on that. Play. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're right. <laughs> I, situationally, I, I, it, situ- yeah, I, situationally is particularly after the timeout. Uh-huh.
2: Particularly yeah. after yeah. the timeout. So when you come back and see, <clears throat> one other thing I will. Like to add is that you know looking at some of the bigger picture things that that all of us you know what you want to look at is that we are starting to see some of the we're starting we, we, for instance we saw three position changes this week mm-hmm. so there is a little bit of look forward out of the coaches staff here because those guys are really realistically auditioning I think they're realistically auditioning to see whether or not they're going to stay on the team
0: yeah.
2: right because they're clear they're not going to break it their current positions running back, wide receiver, and defensive line. And it's who are one, you speaking of? I don't remember the names now. Well, Kenneth Wilson? Kenneth Wilson, maybe Tay Crowder, and that's right. uh, whoever the lineman, Galliard, no, whoever the lineman was. Who I'm moved not
0: to, uh, a, there was a defensive lineman <coughs> that moved then to, the moved to line. offensive line.
2: That's right. So, you know, those are clearly guys that aren't going to crack, at least in the coach's mind, aren't going to crack, and they're trying to get them an opportunity to see how they fit in the scheme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly, it wouldn't be surprising if we see them leave, and that's not – that's not unusual at all for a first-year head coach to lose a lot of guys after year one because they were recruited by the prior staff. They still have time to go out and use their eligibility somewhere else. And frankly, they come to they come to play, college play football as much. as we want to believe everybody's a you know a dog, diehard dog for life and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Guys come to and, and I can't blame them for that. Right. So you know that's a big picture thing. That's interesting to see this evolving this week.
1: Projecting out forward. Let's think about the things that we're... I'm curious, what we're worried about and what we're not worried about. Like, to me, Eason clearly has some issues. He's got, he's got places to go. But we've, like, you know, clearly... To think that... We're we're at a, we're at a what, 4-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions coming in the season was, like, what's... Like, the question because what's up with the quarterback situation? What's going to happen with the quarterback? We, like... There's no, there's no change happening at quarterback. Like, this is it. This is the quarterback for the next three years... Maybe four, probably three. Like this is the guy. So I'm curious what you guys think. <clears throat> like we're talking about building for the future. There's no better example of that in like, Eason. Like Eason is the future. Like it, Like no matter. Like e- we talk about. Like if we see these problems in two years, we're going to be expecting Eason to be an All American quarterback in two mm-hmm. years. Right. And so therefore, you know, if let put it this way, if Eason somehow never develops or takes a step back, Kirby's toast. Like honestly, I think you can make a very strong argument that mm-hmm. way. That like if he has, if he takes a step back and we don't fix everything else, like these, now we're at the point that their future is almost like we're already talking about. Put it this way, if in year three, all this stuff is going on, no, like we're seven games in and people are making must champ comparisons. Imagine what we're doing if we're in year three mm-hmm. where that's happening. Which means a lot of that's going to like a lot of that is going to be obviously Easton isn't the entire thing on that. But you need him to be an All American in two years. Do you guys see watching him? he's in route, obviously there's still going to be a step backwards, but do you find him in route to that, or what have you found mostly pleasing about
0: it? Well, I, I think raw talent, yeah, he's he's in route to that, but the, one of the most concerning things is, and we've said it before, is the lack of depth and talent on the offensive line, and you can go back to year, and I'm not a big recruiting guy, but you can go back to years 2013, 2014, even 2015, and look how many people how many guys we actually signed? And then you'll read some names that you've never heard of because they just either left the program, medically disqualified. And so I think there was even uh, one year where Coach Rick actually only signed three offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. After pledging to the fan base uh, back in like 2003 when we were short offensive linemen, this would never happen again. And then up, it happens again. I mean, that was probably something that uh, contributed to his downfall uh, almost like unsuspectingly, but... My biggest concern is that I think Eason has all the talent in the world to be a top flight, number one pick. But I think he's going to be throwing off his back foot next year or, or later this year if, if the, the O-line play doesn't improve and we don't get some real studs in here
2: and develop. Well, I think part of that with, with Eason, too, is continuing to develop rapport with receivers. Um, we're starting to see some of that with Nalda. Yes. And this which is, is big guns coming receiver-wise. Right, receiver-wise. Um we saw that, we started seeing that a little bit with Ridley. Um, to me, the place where I'm, I'm going to look for the most improvement is over this year, over next year, is special teams. Because there are a lot of things you can't necessarily fix, even though, even if you implement them, you can't yeah. necessarily fix them in season because you, you just only have so many practice hours mm-hmm. and you can only, I mean, if you you only have 85 to 100 guys to play, you're only dressing out 85, or you're dressing out 100 But at home. But still, you can only work so many so many reps with those guys. The kickoff that Vanderbilt returned, we had. I um, think Plutarski posted the video. We had eight guys on the on the left side of the hash right. of, of the left hash. I mean, there were eight guys already out of the play on the kickoff. And I know, uh, without with, without going into Mark Brick directional kicking breakdown <laughs> and cry mode, right the second. It wasn't a terrible kick by Blankenship. It wasn't. It was If the ball was on the left side of the hash, where it was supposed to be, too many guys over pursuit. Instead of keeping their lanes, too many guys. I mean, it, it actually looked like our flag football team where everybody yeah. runs to the ball. Yeah. And it, we, That's all we worked on last night practice. Like, guys, you have, a, you have a job. You have to stay in your place. You can't run to the ball. Every time you run to the ball, you're leaving wide open areas of space for them to do something in. And that's exactly what happened on the kickoff. So those sorts of things, and continuing to look... <laughs> more more confident look I love Isaiah McKenzie, but i I, I freak out every time oh, the ball course. bounces near him because he there has never been a bouncing punt he's, he's on afraid to grab. <laughs> and that's that's great when it works, but it has to pay off bigger than one yard gain in order to make up for the times so he bobbles the ball or he, or he or worse runs backwards to pick up a ball pick up a ball that may well end up in the end zone and, and gets he gets stopped at the 12 instead of us taking the ball at the 20. I mean, is, he has to pay off more than that.
1: I mean, that Nichols game would have been a loss. That's because right. With that exact play. Like, yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, you know, those are the places. And then, you know, play calling wise, coaches are coaches. And, and I think they learn. You like to think they learn. Uh, offensively, you know, defensively, I think we're improving. Um, you know, I think. We'll, we'll well, see. It seems
0: like Lorenzo Carter is starting to come out of his shell. He's, yeah. he's made himself known uh-huh. the past couple of weeks, and it's good to see it. And I think it's almost like a Leonard Floyd because he was kind of slow to start. Floyd yeah, he played well last state. night.
1: Touchdown that Bears game. Yeah.
0: So uh you know, that that's a positive in in my opinion. And perhaps guys will feed off him because I think he wants to be a leader. Mm-hmm. He's just a sophomore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's hard. It's kind of what you'd said in previous episodes of our podcast. There's not that much mm-hmm. senior leadership, and so there's gonna have to be some sophomores that are vocal, and you have to be vocal and get in those guys' faces on the sideline, and, and, and it might sound contrite or simple. You got to cheer him up. You got to rally the troops, and it can't just be the coaches saying "Let's go, let's go." There's a certain kind of sadness too when we talk about the
1: of frustration of this year. Man, like I thought Nick Chubb was going to go for a Heisman Trophy thing this year, and like, and for him to, you know, the, for for last year's season to have it all go off the rails because what happens at the end of the Tennessee mm-hmm. game, and he fights so hard to get back, and he has that terrific first game, and then it just hasn't been there. And I don't think it's his fault that it hasn't been there, but I mean. To me, when I think of light like just kind of how it's a little bit of a bummer, I, mean, I think he's still, I mean, he's, regardless of what's going on this season, he's going pro uh, after this year. I mean, he, I mean, he has to. That you'd like to see him, like to me, I, I'm not going to be here to, uh, I'm, I'm definitely for the World Series We're between the Cleveland Indians and the Los Angeles Dodgers,
2: I hope, but probably
1: not. Oh, um, I, I hope so too.
2: But um, <clears throat> by the way, thinking of the way you feel about the Cardinals, that's the way I feel about Florida. Feel about the Cubs. I mean, the way you feel about the Cubs as a Cardinals fan that's yeah. the way I feel about Florida. right, right. And
1: and except except Cubs fans do wear more shirts, um, they're, they're less <laughs> suspender um, and less methy. Um, but see, I'm learning, I'm getting there. That and and was actually
2: that was really good, yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm getting is there. Is
0: methy an adjective,
1: it is now, it is now, okay. Uh, but anyway, so to me, I would like to see. I'm not going to be here to preview the Florida game, so I'd like, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to actually talk a little bit uh, about that uh, as well. I want to see a Chubb game, like I want to see a Chubb game, like I want to see like. Our whole thing is that, that we have all of these great running backs and, and all the and the whole thing that was supposed to make it easier for Eason was you had Chubb and the last few games Eason's been the thing that's going on, <laughs> like that, like like it was amazing to me even the frustration of, you know we. We spent so much time last year frustrated by Shot Hunter and frustrated by some of his play calls. But I don't know. I mean, like, is it, it? Are they just not giving the ball to Chubb enough? Do we do we need a game for he's in his last season where we actually give him the ball thirty five times?
0: You know, I I mean I've seen him run up the middle and get stuffed against an eight or nine man eight or nine man front. I I don't know what you <laughs> expect. I mean he's not Superman. Maybe we think he is, but. There's going to have to be some kind of... But Eason had
1: some success throwing against those eight or nine, but it's like they didn't trust it. Like, they they didn't figure out the right game plan. Yeah, yeah, that's a good
2: point. And I think that is the, the biggest frustration I have right now, and frankly, it's what you see out of a young coach. It's like, yeah, I think every time you don't run plays that work against defenses until they prove they can stop it, you commit coaching malpractice. I mean, that is a that is a most simple and I promise Scott I'm not gonna try and run and score against you tomorrow. But if I find a play that works, we're gonna call it until y'all stop it. And I hope you do the same against me because that's how you win football games. Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer let Braxton Miller throw the ball seventy <laughs> something times the game last, day, last year. And then you around and let him run the ball for you something. Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller, whoever it was. TJ yeah, yeah, well, Whoever he had. Yeah, whoever right. he had. Like he I mean, he is not afraid to run the same play. No. I mean Florida did it against us last year where they had one play that worked, and they ran it seven times for like 185 yards.
0: Well, think about two years ago when it was freezing down in the Gator Bowl and they they, ran, they had 400-something yards of uh, rushing offense.
2: Maybe that's the game I'm thinking of, but that's, that's my point. There's a, and that was something that I always got frustrated at Mark Richt about and, frankly, Mike Bobo sometimes. But realistically, we were able to run the ball out of the shotgun against Tennessee and Vanderbilt. But then then we started talking about, well, you know, once you do that too many times, in a lot of ways you're overthinking it, right? right? You don't, don't anticipate them to stop you. Make them stop you. And that's, that's part of my concern. And, I, frankly, you know, we might not see another game like that out of Nick Chubb, at hashtag, as, as he runs for 275 <laughs> against Florida. So, yeah. knock on wood. But, you know, the real, the realistically, going forward the rest of the season, I just want us to look confident. Like, yeah. we're, playing, we're playing like the team, like a, a conglomeration of the talent that we have on the team. Look, our offensive line's our offensive line. So let's let's put together a game plan that that plans around that and not overthink it. And just because we've run, you know, jet sweeps and flex plays and now the shotgun, suddenly we have to run up the middle on third and two because we hadn't done it yet.
1: I've I've been thinking a lot too about that Tennessee Alabama game last week. Tennessee's still probably
0: going to win the East. And they just got just Destroyed, Just absolutely destroyed by, by – You aren't uh, sitting there thinking, if we hadn't lost to Vanderbilt – It's we not could. so
1: much that as much as – t- we talked earlier about how – If I lost to Vanderbilt, then I wouldn't play Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I right, yeah, don't want to go through that. We, we've, uh, it, won't be, it won't be raining in the dome. So <laughs> But I'll say that you talked earlier about how Tennessee is – this is their peak. Like this is what they were going for. Right. Which is, I have to say, kind of depressing if I'm Tennessee. Because, I mean, listen, they've had this kind of – like, they've really – they've got a chance to win the East, but only kind of through magical thinking and, like, yeah. all these crazy kind of comebacks. And, like, a lot of things I – I feel like a lot of the criticisms that people have given Tennessee the last few years and given Rich Davis still apply, frankly. And, uh, and so when you look at – when you look at the East hmm. –
0: you said Butch
1: Davis. Sorry. Oh, sorry, 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 I, I was, sorry. It threw sorry. me off. Sorry, sorry. sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, so, I thought that's why you were looking at me. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Not Butch Davis. You know what I mean. And But when you look at the East, if this is peak Tennessee. Which, which I mean, are they going to get yeah, better than this? this? I mean, this is well, they,
0: they've had a lot of injuries. I mean, yeah. it's almost like us last year with yes. their injuries. Yes, I
2: agree with
1: that.
0: But and then you've got Florida,
1: who's still, you know, I mean, they're obvi- like it's still possible the Florida Jim the McElwain
0: game. and Jeremy Foley are going to try to get away with only playing nine games this season instead of the full uh, allotment <laughs> of twelve, so they can maybe sneak into the <laughs> SEC championship game.
1: But, but I, looking looking forward, this still feels like. We always talk about this being cyclical, and like the West is better now, but the East is going to come back. I have to say, just moving forward, if this is the best that Tennessee is going to get,
2: yeah
1: and Vanderbilt, Kentucky, <clears throat> South Carolina look like they've got a long way to go to get to where they're in Missouri, or mm-hmm. got a long way to go to get where they're going to me this the East is still a three team referendum. You get Tennessee and really a two team. it's Florida and Georgia,
2: yeah
1: and and t- so with, I, I think it, I'm curious if George, if Georgia doesn't take that step forward. And, and, we, you know, they may. They may. Not this year, but, I mean, future years. Is the East just going to perpetually be worse? Because I, I always thought this was – like, even in the West, who in the West could win the East right now? Like, a lot of teams, right? Like, Alabama, Texas A&M, A&M Mississippi, Arkansas, Arkansas. At least. Maybe LSU.
2: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, and maybe Auburn. Maybe Auburn. Like, that's kind of crazy, right? And you guys have been watching the league a lot longer than I have. Do you think that's cyclical, or do you think this is, like, kind of the way things are right now?
2: Well, I mean, to, let's I don't back. see
1: the East coming back anytime soon. Well,
2: I mean, I, I can't see it coming back. But let's get back to basketball,
0: all right? <laughs> okay.
2: No, seriously.
3: Okay.
2: So, Kentucky's the undisputed champion what? SEC with a bullet, right? And then the way it's viewed is, is Kentucky and everybody else. Yeah, there was a time. Where the recently, where the SEC was a super powerhouse conference, you had a down Kentucky who was still going to national championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Florida who won two national championships. You had Arkansas who were winning national championships. There was a time where Georgia got in the NCAA on a semi regular yeah. basis. Yeah, it was Alabama, Texas A&M. Texas A&M was good. Yeah, a yeah. And M was in the Big Twelve then. But oh, right,
0: that uh, not the <coughs> Southwest. And right. Missouri was good but, back then. Yeah, back but then, but they were in the Mississippi Big 12.
2: State was good. Right, right, right. I mean, they went to a Final Four. Yeah. So you know the. the that is, that is right. It is cyclical. Um, and anybody that would say that the SEC can come back and be on par with the Big Ten or ACC or Pac-12 right now would be called, a, be called just a nut job crazy, right, if you were to do that in college basketball. Now, I think what it will take is a a, a coaching change has that may have already taken place, mm-hmm. whether that's in Florida or Georgia. Um, and... A couple of recruiting classes that puts those the teams from the East back on par talent wise with those other teams in the West. And frankly, there's only in, let's take Alabama out of the equation because I mean, NFL teams don't draft the way Alabama recruits. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it, there's really only been one team that's done that on a regular basis over the past 15 years, and that's Georgia. So. We we know, and putting aside what happened with thirteen and some of our talent issues right now, we know that there is a baseline talent level that can get us there. The real question is, do we now have the coaching and other structure in place to put us on the par with those other programs? And I, I think I think Georgia does. And frankly, frankly, even if it's a three team SEC East, if you know Georgia, Georgia beats Auburn, Alabama beats uh, Tennessee beats Alabama. Florida meets LSU, and that all happens over the course of the same three span, right. three to five week span in late October to mid November. All that SEC East is dead, just goes away. Real quick. Right, it, right. it I mean, it's just because that's how that's really how quick right, right. people's minds happen.
1: So, I mean, it wasn't very really long ago that the Big Ten was considered this lousy conference they yeah, couldn't do anything, and right. they may have
0: two playoff teams.
1: They may thing.
2: have two playoff teams.
0: So.
1: Right?
2: It well, it's because
0: team. it's because the rest of the Big Ten is so horrible that they just feed all hey, the, I mean, the,
2: okay,
0: so you got yeah. those top three: you got Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State. You got an undefeated you, Nebraska. Undefeated yeah. Nebraska. Well, they they beat. I mean, they're undefeated Nebraska. Yeah, they're in the Who top fifteen. Who else 15? have they played? They probably, they probably played an FCS. You team. say
2: that, but you never thought Iowa was going to be undefeated last like, year. Sure, like so I understand yeah. what your point is, Sky.
0: But my point is, like, you look at the bottom four, bottom five of the Big Ten compared to the bottom four, bottom five of the SEC, and there's really no comparison.
2: Bottom three
1: of oh, those. I said
0: four or five. I right. did not say three.
1: Nobody's worse than Rutgers. I think anyone's going to deny that. Nobody's worse right. than Rutgers. They just lost 24-7 to Illinois at home.
2: But if you, but if you <laughs> but look at advanced stats, what you're saying, what you're really saying is, <laughs> no, I don't Georgia, Georgia who is in the soft middle, is comparable to... Illinois? No. Maybe no, in Illinois. better than Illinois. Indiana. Uh, comparable to Northwestern? Michigan uh, yeah. State? Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Minnesota would be right. Minnesota right. would be right. I mean, that's where we are right now. Yeah. Michigan State's actually really terrible this year. Yeah, they're really bad. Yeah. Although although you could make the, the Michigan State-Georgia argument that there's this talent there that they've had a couple of games where they're just like, what's happening? Right. So. And one of the things I've discovered,
1: too, just kind of like now I'm learning all this stuff, is just how much scheduling actually does make a difference. Like this year, like, if, if George, like next year, the <laughs> at Mississippi game uh-huh. is home against Mississippi State. Yeah, that's, like, uh, like think about how much of a difference that, that <laughs> game makes. Like it's funny, you actually look at next year's schedule... And Like, other than the fact you have to go at Tennessee and at Auburn.
2: And, and at Notre Dame.
1: And at Notre Dame. We have a team right. that looks, like, very wobbly right now.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Well, we don't have to face Brian McWhorter. And maybe Brian Kelly. Okay. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. But, I mean, to me, that is kind of a fascinating – like, a lot of this lands on how that goes. Like, if, yeah. if, they, if, like, if, if, if Georgia plays home against Mississippi <coughs> State this year rather than next year, at that point in the
2: season – yeah, we we could be. I mean, we yeah. we still have lost to Vanderbilt, so I think we're still having these same conversations. Yes, yeah, that's um, true. yes. So, I guess one last thing I would ask the two of y'all is: so, what does what do you want to see the rest of the season? I mean, I laid out what I wanted to see. What do you think? I'd like to see Eason.
1: Elevate to where going into next season, he's like maybe where like Josh Rosen was for UCLA coming into his sophomore year, where it's like, oh, this is one of the top fifteen quarterbacks in the country, and they still got stuff to go. And they, still, but like you know, he, he's the type of talent that we're, he's only going to be here for three years, so one one of them's going to be gone. So we need him. I, I would like to see at the end of the year, he's a, he's not a oh, he's still learning. We're still getting there. He's a legitimate weapon. I feel like that is something that if you're going to start, if you're going to start Easton for a whole year like I guess not for the first couple of games but you know what I mean like where he's been the main quarterback all year by by the end of the year you need to be like not only this is our guy but this guy's a weapon i feel like that's a it's frankly a pretty important thing
0: yeah i think in order for the season to kind of get back on the on the the right rails if, if you if you will is we have to beat florida <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought we about
0: cannot that. go yeah, into that mean. game and then you just get dominated like we have recently it's got to be one of those you know, every three years where we're like, we beat them. And I think what that will do is then what you have to do is you have to take that win over Florida, even if it's by a half of a point, you beat Florida somehow, then you go and you dominate, you boat race Kentucky like you've done in the past where we've scored 60 on Kentucky, even in Commonwealth stadium, because then what that does, that gives them their, their swagger back. And it sets them up for a nice stretch run against a cupcake, Louisiana Lafayette Auburn and then Georgia Tech, and you can finish out nine and three, and everybody can feel super good. Do I think that's going to happen? I think it all hinges on whether or not they beat Florida. Because if we drop to four and four, and then have a road trip to Kentucky, where you worry uh, eighteen to <laughs> twenty-two year olds' mindsets going like, oh God, you know we are just this is not what we thought. And then maybe kind of screw around and have a close game against Kentucky. Hold your breath. You know that's that's how you end up six and six or five and that's seven. Right. I
1: mean Georgia has the longest. Bowl streak in the country right now, and right. imagine a nightmare scenario. Yeah, you lose to Florida, and then you and then and then who knows what can happen? Right, or maybe you beat Kentucky and lose to Auburn and Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Well, like then
2: basically comes down losing in lot Yeah, the, 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 but they're, I mean, they're pretty horrible this year.
1: I mean, no, I mean if you lose, if you lose,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah touche.
1: <laughs> I mean, imagine the situation where you lose to Florida, <clears throat> lose to Auburn, and you're playing that Georgia Tech game for a bowl. Oh,
0: that's
1: I mean, Paul Johnson's
0: dream scenario.
1: I mean, that's I mean that's dark. I mean, his faces just fell when I said yeah. that he mispronounced uh,
2: Jeff Schultz
0: yeah yeah, so. that's Jeff Schultz's dream scenario wow. so he can yeah. sell more uh, or get more clicks on his articles the
1: rebuild uh, yeah. the rebuild feels like a decline yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks it thanks feels, Jeff feels that, a little
2: hot takey there yeah.
1: So. yeah
0: but I think I think I think going into this 9-3 and three is still <laughs> on the table Worst case scenario, eight and four. I just, I, I, I don't know. Not, know if it's we're definitely not have worst faith. case. Scenario, well, okay. But, in my eyes, uh, in my uh, eyes, worst case scenario, eight and four. Because if seven and five or six and six happens, you know, I might have to just produce this podcast and not talk on it.
1: Worst case scenario, let's let's not pretend
0: here. Worst case scenario, Is five, five and seven. seven.
1: Worst case scenario, Is five and seven, and it's on the table. It's not likely. It's not likely, <laughs> but Florida, Auburn, Kentucky, Kentucky uh, five and seven would be. You're, you have four wins now. You'd beat, so you lose a guitar. Yeah. yeah, which could happen. Which uh, if you get, yeah. go out and get wiped out by Florida and oh, then no. go on the road, like that's yes. that's, that's that's the, the worst game. Half I I to five can,
0: and seven. I can buy that.
1: And then lo- and I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to happen, but if but it's on the table. It, it really is. Yeah, do you think it's on the table as much? I think it's only slightly less likely than nine and three. I'll put it that way. No, I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah I, I think nine three is more likely than five and seven, but barely. But only barely.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it all hinges, and it's going We're gonna really start feeling it, and I'm sure the staff and the team will start feeling it. But that Florida game is gonna loom yeah. huge because it just it really is the 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 cornerstone, the the tipping point, the pivotal moment of the season. And you've got that week. and So does Florida. You've got that week, and not to do anything crazy and wacky like we did last year. We really hone some things. And try to figure out what Georgia is and what we're going to try to do and try to accomplish is whether it be establish the run. I mean, Florida's got a fierce defense, especially the defensive line. Or are we going to uh, institute the passing game uh, a little bit more and you know really trust our receivers or see if we can trust our receivers?
2: Yeah, and you and I'll get into this a little more this week or next week, Scott. But I think the the key to me is looking looking confident on offense because Florida's defense isn't great. Um, I mean, their offense isn't great, and they, you know, they scored a bunch of points defensively. We, we just have to play really mistake-free ball. Like ball. the Tennessee game. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, intensity level. Yeah. They they play. Play. Here's a
1: question. If they play like they did against Tennessee <clears throat> and lose in not as grueling a fashion, right, but, but in they, a crazy they close they game they where lose. Florida plays really well and Georgia plays really well, obviously it's disappointing that they lost. Yeah. But after the Vanderbilt game, I think people just need to see something.
2: Yeah, we, we no, yeah. That's, why, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You're right. I wanna I want to show up and be confident. I want to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I I mean I want to be Florida. Yeah. I mean in of my course. dreams or dreams, but I want to show up and be confident yeah. and because that's gonna make me feel better about going go driving all the way to Lexington. That's gonna <laughs> yeah. make me feel better about you yeah. Monroe and Auburn and in Tech.
1: And Notre Dame next year. And Notre Dame next year. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, that's uh, that, that, that's kind of where we are right now. Right. And, well, also the memories of
0: last year's game, Florida game, has got to be in. It. Like that so was. I don't even remember it. Even it was, was on was, Halloween, and I was. I went out trick or treating. i, I with my doctor yeah. about it. I watched that, that I game in New
1: York it. with uh, UGA Carey, and uh, it was unpleasant, yeah. uh, obviously. And
2: I'll be in I'll be in DC at one of the UGA bars. So. Yeah. I'll be in either Chicago or Los Angeles, actually. Right. Uh,
1: watching that game.
0: And I, you know, the key and my final point on the Florida game: something weird with the kicking games seems to always Ugh. happen down there and so if we can just either not kick field goals or put Rodrigo in a really good spot to kick like a nice 23 yarder um love I think for would Rodrigo be right. by the way
1: well some good have some good love for Rodrigo like yeah a, no he yeah. had
0: love for Rodrigo we call or he looked confident
1: no, yeah. I mean he
2: looked really really strong yep. I mean he,
1: done, he nailed those yeah didn't sit had like four touchbacks yeah yeah
2: whatever yeah uh, only one short after, <laughs> after 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 Shane Beamer said okay <laughs> fine put an end zone yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Uh, sorry go ahead Scott I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> just like we just need to see, like that was so rough last. Like the the Halloween game was so difficult last year that they need to see. We just all need to see. This is kind of a sad spot to be at that point when we're like we're going to the Florida game and it's not like all right, let's just crush, crush Florida. We're like. Okay, we just need to see some basic level competence. That's worrisome. That's a little worrisome to be at that spot. But that's well, what happens
0: when you lose to Vanderbilt and have two weeks off. Well, and we we thought that we had been over that hump with Florida a couple years past, but it, it, you know it just comes right back into it. And then people start adding up. Over the past twenty years, we've only won X amount of games. You know, they just go further and further back, just to pull in those Steve Spurrier years where they just completely dominated us and we never won. So right. I we need to we need to end this on a high note though well, somehow. A high note, so. What's your high note? Food was
2: good. Food was delicious. Uh, Scott and I have a uh, yeah, we uh, do. We big do matchup tomorrow. Big matchup. Big matchup. matchup. Eagles.
0: Eagles versus Rams. Season-ending game. Last, our only other meeting this year, we tied eight to eight. True story. Um, <laughs> because of a, because of an egregious uh, offensive uh, offensive pass interference. Mm-hmm. Sure Let's, We can go with that Let's go, go with that, that. Yeah. We will uh, with the, the, poor, the participants Will, rena- will the remain
2: nameless The poor teenager that, that had to
0: mm-hmm. suffer Your wrath That was refereeing the game
1: that, uh, No I was roughing. No, he was. Oh, he's the oh so you made the bad call He made
2: the call Yeah Oh. It was yeah. the right call It was the right call <laughs> <laughs> Oh well then It wasn't that egregious <laughs> <laughs> my, son, my son Who's 5'1 Pushed down his son Who's Oh yes four, yes four, Oh four, he's, four, he's, four, he's Yeah He's short He's not more So the call was a tiny.
1: yes
0: Yeah He's aggressive But he's tiny Out there
2: Yeah he he plays
0: yeah there was no uh, there was no arguing or anything but it was it was funny there and there was no uh there was no ill will oh. from either participant they were just playing hard yeah. and uh you know, it was almost like uh, Charlie was just stepping over uh, a doorstep or yeah. a doorstop and going to get the ball. <laughs> he scored. <laughs> he was going to score, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but I had to blow that whistle, and Tony looks at me like, because Tony was behind the plate. Didn't oh, I, didn't didn't I, see see I didn't see it. it. No, so I, I was going to everybody. I was like, you saw that, right? <laughs> I mean, then I started doubting myself. I'm like, I know what I saw. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got a, we got our yeah. final game tomorrow. All right,
1: well, good luck, guys. Thank good you. Luck, guys. Thank you. Have you fun. want to come out there? Uh, what time is the game? 1030. Bring William. 1030 on Tomorrow. Th- Tomorrow. Oh no! when you got soccer tonight. No. Yeah. Soccer. Games, not. soccer. Uh, I know. I have to say, I'm, yeah, four-year-old I soccer is
2: not
1: yeah, fun. It's it's actually not. It's not. It's barely a sport. Yeah. Like it is. Like it is the way that like first-year t-ball when you hit the ball and everybody just runs to go field it and just like as you talk about like it happens. Yes, like that is what soccer is. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I made use this line before, but Chuck Klosterman has a great line of why soccer is really popular in like American white suburbs. Because uh, in our arc, everybody gets a ribbon, participation trophy. World, uh, your kid can legitimately run around for an hour and a half, and no one knows if he did well or did yeah. not do well. And that is the. You joy. ran the whole time, buddy. Yeah, good job. job, good job. Yeah, there's no moment where you were like the focus was on you, where you struck out, or you right. missed the free throw, or you right. missed the field goal, or you dropped the ball. You just ran around for a while. So that is soccer. That is right. soccer.
0: So, all right. Okay. Well, thanks for coming here to the Rook and Pawn. I hope I uh, hope y'all enjoyed this kind of change up of things. I know we did because we got a nice meal out of it. And a couple of uh, stout Diet Cokes, waters, and sweet teas out of it. So no bourbon today. Yeah, I hope we we're, were a lot more lucid today on this uh, podcast. I don't lucid. even
2: remember what we talked about before.
0: <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also, one last game. For, should we make a pick for Texas A&M, Alabama? Sure. Let's
0: do that. Is it a blowout? Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Alabama blows them out.
1: Isn't that like 18 points now or 20 points
2: now or something? It's, like a, it's, it's a crazy line. line. It's a big line. Crazy Is,
0: is game day there? It got to be. It's I like so. one versus six.
2: Yeah, I, so. yeah, I have no idea.
0: I think, I think uh, Alabama takes it. I mean, really, how could you not pick Alabama? I think like they're going to do it. what you say. They're going to pick them up and let them kick. And but isn't still. that
1: amazing? Uh, that's Spencer Hall's line. I can't claim that line. Yeah, but, uh, yes. but I'll say that... Um, Spencer has lots of lines. Yes, he has <laughs> lots of lines. He's an active tweeter. Um, but I would say that uh, if Alabama just wipes out really the, what's shown to be the second best team in the SEC, mm-hmm. it just wipes them out like it's nothing... Is there a little crisis of confidence for our conference no. that has just been so wiped out no. by Alabama? Like, there's just no, com- no competition for Alabama if Texas A&M can't give them any. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I know I
2: just, uh, just not, it's not how the conference is wired. Okay. Fair. You know, I just, I just
0: got uh, really worried because I realized we're talking about a game that's going to be played tomorrow at three thirty. So that means I've got to get on this on the editing. <laughs> no,
2: that'll be fine. And this
0: is an, this <laughs> is an easy one. Once you can mute out all the chewing, I think,
2: yes, so be I be think fire. you're fine. So. All right, fine. all right. We'll
0: call it there then. All right, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I hope you could bear with us through the audio at times. I know you could hear us eating and some of the music in there, but we had a great time and great food at the Rook and Pond. So listen out for us next Thursday as the three of us preview the cocktail party in Jacksonville. But until then, enjoy your weekend. It's chock full of great SEC games to watch. And if you'd like to, you can find us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Oh, and I'll link the Rook and Pond website in our show notes page in case you want to check them out. That's it. So go dogs. And we will see you on campus very soon.